it's a coincidence that a lot of people who were raised by narcissists end up with narcissists? Do you find it interesting that sometimes people who end up with narcissists don't even notice they were raised by narcissists until they end up with a narcissist? One of the things I hear most often from my clients when we're talking about narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships is that whether they knew it before or they just realized it during our session, about 90% of them have at least one narcissistic parent or parent type person in their lives growing up. So why is this? Why does this happen? Well, during my discussion with Dana Morningstar from Thrive After Abuse, we covered this issue. We talked about why so many survivors turn out to have had narcissistic parents and why that causes us to often drift toward being with a narcissist or if we're being honest the other side of that coin of course is that sometimes we drift toward being a narcissist so that's what we're talking about today queenbeing.com why it is that narcissistic parents if they don't cause us to be narcissists turn us into the victim of a narcissist in our future relationships so let's get started My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. So if that sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and we'll get going. I think one of the most important things that we have to realize as we're starting this conversation is that as individuals, we are raised by who we're raised by. We experience all different things in our lives, right? We have little bits of information coming from our teachers, our friends, our parents, our siblings, everyone in the world around us. Not just the people, but also the situations we're dealing with. If we, if we were raised in poverty, that's going to affect the way we think. If we were raised spoiled rotten and we never needed for a thing in the world, well, that's going to affect the way we think. If our parents were hippies, if our parents were lazy, if they were possessive or, or controlling, all of those things are going to become part of who we are. As we grow up, we develop the ability and in fact the right and I think the responsibility to choose who we want to be. But before we become aware, before we wake up and we know that we are quite literally, and even sometimes after we wake up and know that, we are quite literally the sum of our experiences. When you look at it from that perspective, we sort of, without even recognizing it, have a certain blueprint for ourselves that we become exactly what we are sort of raised to be. Now, when we have a narcissistic parent in that mix, it really throws us off. I've done entire videos before on how narcissistic parents affect us in the long run, so I'm not gonna go into every single detail of that in this video, but you can check it out in the cards above and in the description below. With that being said, let's discuss a couple of those effects that actually cause us to end up with narcissists in relationships. So if we're being honest, part of the reason that we end up with narcissists is because we are people pleasers. And when we have been raised by a narcissist, if we don't become a narcissist, we tend to become the opposite of that, a people pleaser. Whether or not they're openly abusive, our narcissistic parents taught us that their needs, their desires, their wants, their standards were more important than our own and we were required to somehow follow their rules. And if we didn't follow the rules and do what they wanted us to do, well then we were inherently bad or unacceptable or as always, not good enough. We, as empaths, sometimes we would end up becoming caregivers of our parents, where we, instead of you know, getting the love that they needed to give to us or should have given to us, 
we would watch them and make sure they were okay and we would, you know, take care of them, sort of almost like an extra parent. We would blame ourselves. We were consistently blaming ourselves and if our father was anxious and stressed out and yelled at the whole family, it must be our fault somehow. If our parents got divorced, sometimes we would blame ourselves for that because it was easier for us to imagine that it must somehow be our fault and, and that we could try to do something to fix ourselves. And quite honestly, in some situations, our parents outright told us everything was our fault. Regardless of what your situation was, chances are you became a people pleaser and that you believed you were not good enough and that you also sort of were chronically blaming yourself for every single thing that went wrong in your life and your family's life. And in your desire to be loved as an individual person, you were also always trying to figure out exactly what you could do to make your parent love you. So maybe you thought, oh, if I was quieter, if I got better grades, if I took care of the dishes, if I did all the things I needed to do, if I did all the things that this person wants me to do, maybe I'll be good enough, maybe they'll finally love me. And when that never happened, you just were persistently looking for love. And whether you admitted it to yourself or not, it was a thing. As empaths, as survivors of this type of abuse, we very often blame ourselves for everything that has gone wrong in our lives and we look for ways to make ourselves better. Which in many ways seems to be the only thing that makes sense to us because our parents teach us that they're perfect or that they're near infallible or if they are fallible then it's our fault somehow. And maybe it just has more to do with the fact that we need to maintain hope. We need to believe that things are going to get better and so if we can stay focused on how we can fix ourselves or what we could be doing better. Maybe it's a little bit of how we survive. With that being said, I think it's important to talk about one more major quality that happens to kids who are raised by narcissists, and that is insecure attachment. So first I think it's important to define secure attachment, and that is our level of comfort with being attached to other people and trusting that that attachment is safe and okay for us. Dealing with having been abused or neglected or ignored or dealing with, you know, an emotionally absent parent or a parent who didn't take care of us in some way very often leaves us kind of flapping in the wind in our parent-child relationship. So when we go and we think about as adults getting into relationships with new people, other people, we are insecurely attached. We don't trust that attachment. So a couple of different things can happen. Either we can become the sort of people who refuse to connect to anyone and who just absolutely don't attach to people at all and who just kind of a lone wolf type of person, or we can go the other direction where we get someone, we attach them, and we're like, nope, I'm not letting go of you. I'm holding on to you forever and ever and ever. This can actually go really, really far in the wrong direction if you're not careful. But one of those two things is happening. Either we're going to become avoidant of any sort of personal emotional connection. We're going to refuse to attach. That's called avoidant attachment. Or we're going to be so excessively upset, nervous, anxious about it that we're going to do the anxious attachment thing where we're going to just constantly be chasing love, chasing love, chasing love. One of my favorite movies was called Practical Magic and these two sisters, they lost their parents, okay? They were raised by these two aunts and in the movie they're watching their two aunts from the stairs, you know, do some magic spell on some lady who's desperate to get this man back and one of the sisters goes, I hope I never fall in love. That's, she, she can't even imagine the horribleness of that moment. Why, why anybody would want to feel like that? Because this woman was feeling very desperate to get this man who wasn't available to her. And the other sister goes, oh, I can't wait to fall in love. See, so one sister was doing the avoidant, I don't ever want to be with somebody thing, and the other one was like, oh my gosh, I'm chasing love. That thing happens to us. So as we grow, as we move forward, as we seek new relationships, this becomes a problem for us. Whether you go with the avoidant attachment or you go with the anxious attachment, chances are 
it's not going to serve you well in relationships. Now I'm going to share with you a bit of the conversation that I had with Dana about this very topic. So take a look. You know, sort of like the saying goes, the last thing the fish notices is the water. And so when you're raised in around dysfunction, and if you, especially if you have a parent who is, you know, controlling, uh, condescending, critical, even a parent that's just simply emotionally unavailable, that's going to be your baseline for what's normal, for what is love, for what is attachment, for what is appropriate, for what we're worthy of, all of these things. And so I guess I was comparing my childhood to a lot of other people and thinking like, well, but mine wasn't that bad. And I had really minimized a lot of, a lot of the neglect, a lot of the, you know, lack of healthy bonding, a lot of, a lot of the stuff that went on. It wasn't until after my second relationship down the road that really brought, started to, it was like pulling a string on a sweater. Like when things, I began kind of examining things, that was when I realized because I was like, how am I continuing to get tangled up with these people? And then I realized it's the love bombing. Then, then I realized, okay, so then why, like, what am I misreading about this? That messed with my mind so much because I just thought, you know, the men that I was, I was never like attracted to really like to bad boys. I was always attracted to very um, intellectual men, very nice, seemingly very nice guys, like Prince Charming kind of guys. And it didn't dawn on me for a long, long time that that was a huge red flag was charm. When I realized, okay, I've been walking around feeling unloved and unimportant pretty much my whole life. And that had made me, you know, primed for emotional manipulators. And so when they, when they would make me their whole world, I was totally wanting to jump into that whirlwind. And I was like, oh, this is so amazing. I, they, I feel like they're my soulmate. I feel like this is what's meant to be. This is healthy. This is ideal. Not realizing that this was a big whirlwind of red flags. And so once I realized that piece, that was you know, a huge game changer. I was able to slow things way down. And so now, you know, I'm able to kind of recognize those vulnerabilities within myself and to work towards getting those needs met in a healthy way to where, I mean, there's just so, there's just so so much to understanding all of this, but understanding our vulnerabilities. We all have vulnerabilities because we're all human. Even if a person comes from a really wonderful childhood, I mean, they could be happily married for 40 years and then become a widow or a widower and then crash into an online dating scammer or an in-person dating scammer who soaks them for all their worth. And so it's important that we're always kind of tuning into ourselves is, is I think the, the bottom line, like the, the big message in all of this is getting in alignment with our intuition and with our emotions and understanding it's that degree of self-awareness with understanding our emotions, then our, our standards and our boundaries um, and our deal breakers are all reflections of this. But if a person, you know, if you, if a person grows up, and most, I think, frankly, most people grow up in homes where they're not allowed to have a lot of their individuality. You know, kid, it's sort of like the kids should be seen and not heard, kind of a thing. And so I think children kind of, um, unfor- and I think we're on we're on the cusp of doing more conscious parenting. So I think yeah. that's kind of phasing itself out, but. I think for a long time, it was very much parents didn't want to be bothered if their child was upset or hurt or didn't like how the house, things that were going on in the house, the child didn't really have a say. And so at an early age, a child is really separated from their, their inner selves. Mm-hmm. And then if a, if a child goes through a lot of abuse, not even a lot, if a child goes through abuse or neglect of any kind, that's going to further separate them 
from themselves because there's oftentimes a lot of gaslighting that goes on with that and blame and oh well you caused this you deserved it you know I, I wouldn't have had to to do xyz if you hadn't done abc it's just all the all this um faulty programming i guess you could say that kids pick up when they're young and then we carry that over into adulthood so odds are things have, in our lives have not been working for a long time but they've been tolerable. So we never really noticed that there was a problem. And then we have some sort of relationship like this that we can't ignore. We're like, what on earth? Like this was so outside the realm of like normal human behavior, what's going on? And then if it continues to happen, then it's sort of like, okay, now there's a pattern here. So what's going on? So for me, it was that first relationship with Jack. And then it was a few years later, that relationship with Steve that was when I realized it was a pattern. And then I began going back and looking at all of my significant friendships in my life, um, other relationships that I'd had with, with men, with my parents, with, you know, coworkers. And, you know, you start kind of seeing, oh man, there's really this reoccurring theme here. Then it all starts coming together. I think you can kind of see where this is going, right? So if you want to change your life, if you want to stop feeling like you're dependent or like you're not good enough. You have to start with self-love. One of the most important things we must remember on every single level is regardless of how you grew up, regardless of what your parents told you, regardless of what the narcissist told you, regardless of any of that stuff, here is the big important thing I need you to hear from today. You define yourself and it's time for you to know that. It took me a long time to learn that I could define myself. It took me a long time to recognize that not only was I good enough, not only was I smart enough, pretty enough, whatever enough, but I could choose to be whoever I wanted to be. It didn't matter if it wasn't acceptable to a narcissist. It didn't matter if my mother thought it was a bad idea or my brother thought it was a bad idea or anyone else in my life thought it was a bad idea. Only mattered that it made me happy and that it wasn't hurting anyone else in the world. You know, it's all about finding what works for you, what feels good to you, and what makes your soul feel alive, what makes your heart sing. The thing that gets you going in the morning, or that could if you found that thing, it's all about loving yourself. Ultimately, it's all about loving yourself, and you don't even really, I didn't even really know what that was until I managed to do it. So I want you to start today, right now, by dropping all of that old junk, all of those old perceptions, those niggling voices in the back of your head that are telling you you're not good enough, that's not even you. That's somebody else's voice from the past echoing, all right? Let go of that stuff. Every time you hear yourself tell yourself, I'm not good enough, you know, all of that, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not handsome enough, pretty enough, whatever, say no, that's not true, Psh, out, get out, out, and focus on what you really do want. Focus on what you deserve. Focus on loving yourself and treating yourself in the same way that you would treat someone you love, your child, your niece, your nephew, you know, the, the kid you mentored in high school, whatever, whoever you would be kind to, treat yourself just like that. If you can imagine your child coming to you, let's say if you had a child, and your child saying to you, you know, hey mom or dad, this is exactly what I'm going through, and they explain to you exactly what you're dealing with in this moment, what would you advise them? Let's say you're going through a relationship with a narcissist and they're mentally, verbally, and otherwise abusing you. What would you say if your child came to you and said, hey, I'm being treated this way by this person who I love? What would you say to your child? Would you tell them, oh, just stick it out and stay, you're not worth it? Of course not. You would tell them to get their stuff together and, and get out of there and do what they need to do because they deserve better. Listen, you deserve better too. Please don't forget, you deserve better. This brings me to the question of the day. And the question of the day is, 
if you found yourself with a narcissist, did you recognize that you were with a narcissist first and then recognize that your parents were also narcissists? Or if you were raised by a narcissist, did you end up with a narcissist? Or how did it all happen for you? Share your thoughts, share your ideas, and everything you think about that in the comment section below, and let's talk about it. That's all I've got for you right now. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life, and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.